0: Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. I'm Ken Sandberg.
1: And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler.
0: Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: Puerto Rico, you lovely island, coming at you from San Juan.
0: (laughs) So, continuing the world travels of Campfire Classics...
1: Others in another country. Well, not technically, I guess, because it's an American territory, but it's another country. <laughs>
0: it is. No, it is. It is part of America.
1: It is part of America. It's just not one of the states. Yeah. Which uh,
0: they they confusing. don't have the right to vote. Which is horseshit. That's
1: bullshit. Because they don't. Well, I know why they don't want to have them to have the right to vote. I know well, yeah. exactly why. So fuck that. Let's get Puerto Rico um, officially as a state. Just saying. Give them
0: statehood. Statehood. Let them Let's do it. Them, them in D.C.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Let them all vote.
1: Yeah, bring it on.
0: Let's upend this electoral college.
1: Wow, that got political <laughs> faster than I think any episode ever. has.
0: That went quick. That went quick.
1: That went quick. Um.
0: So welcome, listeners, to our political complaint podcast, (laughs) where we whine about things that are upsetting us in the world. Oh,
1: my God. Thanks
0: for joining us, campers around the campfire.
1: I would have so many (laughs) things. That is a podcast I should probably have, but I think enough people already have that podcast.
0: Yeah, I think there are plenty of podcasts that are just people whining about stuff yeah Um, my my thing this morning would be uh, I had to move the car because it was street cleaning day and the sanitation ticketing officer decided to be really tricksy and made the round of our block twice so I went out to the car and saw that they were coming through so I pulled the car around left did a few blocks like I always do and then came back about half an hour before the time was supposed to end and saw that the ticketing agent was back
1: that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, it was shady as hell. He ended up handing out 13 tickets on that one stretch of that one block alone because everyone thought the coast was clear.
1: Yep. Um, my complaint today would be uh, I'm on a boat, and as you all know, and we're in quarantine. I'm in day... Four? Five. Five? Five. five of 10. And um, our food has been questionable at best it is not good <laughs> it has not been good and today like breakfast made me not feel good and lunch was quite literally like ice cold so we're all having a good old time here um in quarantine um but yeah so I'm on I am on the joy officially now so I'm back on the joy even though we are quarantined to this lovely room right now so they deliver us food three times a day they uh well food question quote quote cody marks um they left us a shit ton of water and all we can get other than that is coffee and tea so mama really wants a glass of wine right now <laughs> y'all it's 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 sad <laughs>
0: Oh, but you have beautiful balcony views of I, the sunsets. I do,
1: I do, and we're in Puerto Rico, and I'm getting paid to sit in this room, so you know it's yeah. okay. But you know, I gotta have something to complain about. But yes, yeah, so that's where I am <laughs> in the world right now, and I wanna, th- I wanna personally thank uh, Kim and Emily for filling in in the past couple weeks while I've been. You know, Emily was a few weeks ago, and then Kim filled in last week. Um, yeah, for for me because. Uh, chaos in Tampa and just like rehearsals were long and exhausting and they were awesome. So thank you, ladies.
0: Well, and thank you listeners for sticking with us through all of the craziness because uh, we bring in guest hosts and the show goes off with nary a hitch. Yeah. And uh, well, and people even seem to enjoy hearing a new voice every once in a while. Yeah.
1: And I have had a couple people approach me now um, from my cast that said they'd love to do some episodes, so if there's time when I'm not getting good service, I can record with them here on the ship. Um, and
0: Ken can take a vacation. And
1: Ken can have a week off, <laughs> so so you might be able to, you might be getting to hear some of my uh, Footloose co, uh, co-stars um, on the podcast in the next six months, so, yay. Yeah.
0: We'll see, we'll see how that goes. See
1: how it goes.
0: As things unfold.
1: As things unfold in the world. That we live in as the world turns.
0: Like sands <laughs> through the hourglass, <laughs> these are the days of, of our, our lives. lives.
1: <laughs> that really dates us, I feel. Is that show still on?
0: Days of Our Lives? Is I have it? no idea.
1: I don't know. Because they're still like all those soap operas for the most part are no longer running, but there are like a couple that are still going. And I'm like, how? Where? When?
0: Days of Our Lives is still running
1: holy shit
0: (laughs) it first aired in
1: 1965 no uh yep oh my god (laughs)
0: airing nearly every weekday since november 8th 1965 making it one of the longest running scripted television programs in history
1: uh yeah i would think so it's like
0: 56 years
1: that's fucking insane (laughs) Oh my yep. God. So like basically the people Ooh. that were like children on the show, like children of the adults, are now like the parents or the grandparents, yep. even. Like if they were like if you were like a like a 10-year-old on the show in 1965, you're now a grandparent. <laughs> like,
0: yep. yep. There are cast members who could be coming back and coming back and coming back and playing all of the ages of man.
1: Oh my God. That's hilarious. I that's wow. Wow. Well done, Days of Our Lives. Good job. Good job doing what you do. I've never seen an episode, but good job doing what you do.
0: Thank you for bringing (laughs) us 56 years of me watching television while I was sick in bed and couldn't reach the remote.
1: Yeah, it was either that or Price is Right. I feel
0: like that's that's the only time I ever watched any of those as a kid was like, if I stayed home sick from school and- the remote was too far away for me to reach it and it came on because they'd they'd come on after like all of the morning cartoons ended and then the morning game shows ended. Yep. And then it was like, oh, mid-afternoon. All right, here comes as the world turns and days of our lives and
1: Young and the Restless and
0: Young and the Restless and like, Guiding Light and all, all of those.
1: those. All those things. Yeah. 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 It was usually it was usually, yeah, morning cartoons, then Price is right, and then the the soap operas, yeah.
0: Yeah, and depending on what channel you were watching, there was also the 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 daytime, uh, like, aerobics oh, show. Yes. <laughs> um That
1: was, like, early. Was like
0: like, Sweat into the Oldies yes. or The Body Electric.
1: Yes, I remember those. <laughs> I feel like those were early. Like, one of those was at, like, 7 in the morning, and then there was another one at, like, 9 or something, yeah. Yeah. Yep, I remember that. I remember that well. <laughs>
0: I, I never played along at home with either of those.
1: Oh, no. um, I just kind of laughed because they were just like, his very 80s aerobics bouncing and like.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they would, the the one, it was always like they they sang the song was their theme song.
1: I sing the body electric. electric. Oh, my God. Why is that in my brain? See, that space, <laughs> that space I could use for something else. <laughs> for that for theme song. For
0: anything else. For
1: anything else. <laughs> Like if, if I didn't, if I didn't have pop culture in my head, I could probably be like a freaking genius, but no, all all that shit's taking up space in my brain.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's okay. You're plenty genius enough, even with all that space being taken up.
1: Oh, thanks baby. (laughs) Hey
0: camper. Um, because for some reason, Hey Camper is what I'm using instead of Hey Listener this week.
1: Oh, I like that. Hey campers. Uh, Hey
0: camper, what's something that uh, lives rent free in your brain since childhood that um,
1: you wish you could erase?
0: Either you wish you could erase or at the very least that sort of tells us when you grew up.
1: Oh, yeah. Like useless information that dates you basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'd be inquiring minds want to know.
1: Yes, we do, and we are the inquiring on the
0: campfire. Let's let's do a kumbaya.
1: Thanks, campers. Kumbaya. So speaking of kumbayas, let's read these stories that we read.
0: So for our first-time listeners, and if we're doing our job right, every episode is somebody's first episode. What we do here at Campfire Classics is read stories. Uh, We read you stories. They are stories from the public domain because we don't like getting sued by authors. And we read stories that we have never seen before, which means we often stumble over words that we don't recognize, make terrible character choices based on not enough information, information and put completely inaccurate accents into strange regions of the globe we also tend to laugh at accidental penis jokes and wildly inappropriate and outdated racism
1: because we're fun
0: <laughs> so that's so that's what we do
1: <laughs> yeah that's what we do it's, a,
0: it's an edutainment <laughs> podcast
1: edutainment campers edutainment I love it. <laughs> So this week so we and we take turns picking stories. So since Ken has literally picked m- like 3 of the 4 stories in the past like month because he yeah, has picked two stories for our guest hosts, and then one of the times we re- recorded in Tampa, he picked the story. Um, it's my turn. <laughs> it's very much my turn. So um, this week, I have picked a new author that we have not experienced. Ooh. I know. All right. Um, and I'm kind of excited about them because I was re- I was they they had an interesting life, like not dramatic but interesting. So this week we are reading a story by American author Laura Elizabeth Howe. And she was Laura Howe. Laura right. Howe. Laura Elizabeth Howe was born in Boston, Massachusetts, February 27th, 1850. So we going all right. back. we going
0: in the way back machine. we
1: going back. And her family was fascinating. So her father was Dr. Samuel Gridley Howe. He was a teacher, a physician, and an abolitionist who co found the Perkins Institute of Massachusetts School for the Blind.
0: He founded Perkins.
1: Yes. So his famous students were Annie Sullivan and Helen Keller. He basically oh, right. <laughs> he his the method they came up with there um, was sign language, or at the time, finger spell. Um, so her father helped invent the language of sign language.
0: That's so cool, right?
1: Um, Laura's namesake was Laura Bridgman. Who was a young woman who had been blinded and lost her hearing due to scarlet fever? And she was one of his first pupils at the institute to learn finger spell. And Laura huh. wrote um wrote in a biography about her father, quote, "As a child, I did not think of the wonder of her any more than that of sunrise or a tree or any other miracle. She was Laura. She was blind, deaf, and dumb. Papa brought her out of prison.
0: That's so cool,
1: yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. So, that's her that's her dad and her mother was just as interesting. So her mother, Julia Ward Howe, was an activist poet who crafted the lyrics of the Union's theme song during the Civil War, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh. She wrote the lyrics to Battle Hymn of the Republic.
0: All right. So she came she came from influential stock.
1: Influential and it said like with such like illustrious parents uh she and she had four siblings. They were introduced to the world of literature and culture and public figures from a very early age. And they were encouraged. Um, she had uh, three sisters. They, and the women were encouraged to be creative and be independent at a very early time. I mean, we're still in the 1800s here solidly. <laughs> like, right. Um, like she was 50 when the turn of the century happened. So yeah. Yeah. So good for, good for her parents. So, um, there's, she didn't have a lot of drama in her life. So I'm going to give you just some fun facts. So um, in June 17th, 1871, she married her neighbor, Henry Richards, who was a Boston architect. Um, and they had seven children, which makes my vagina Ooh. hurt. Um, after- <laughs> 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 she had traveled. She had traveled a lot um, with her family in Europe as a kid, like they'd take trips and stuff. But then they honeymooned in Europe. And they settled in uh, the Yellow House in Gardner, Maine, so Henry could take over the family paper mill business. So they moved up to Maine um, for him to take over the family business. And this is when uh, Laura started writing, like, full-time from home. While she was raising the kids, she had a very, very, very active writing career. Um, She wrote over 90 books. Like, yeah. Many of them being short story collections. Um, she did everything from uh, nursery rhymes to nonsense poems. Um, the Saint Nicholas uh, magazine published a lot of her work. Uh, her first Is it like book,
0: a Santa Magazine. I don't know. <laughs> did she write a bunch of Christmas short stories?
1: Not that I could see, but uh, maybe <laughs> uh, Saint Nicholas. <laughs> um, her first book was called Five Little Mice in a Mousetrap. Which sounds really sad.
0: <laughs> ah, that sounds horrifying.
1: Um, and that came out in 1880, and then her next book was sketches That's and s-
0: twisted ass Hans Christian <laughs> Andersen shit. Well, what she, the hell? She
1: actually has been compared to him a little bit, like with her with her fairy tales at least. Like she also wrote okay. like other. She wrote biographies. She wrote um adult stories and whatnot too, but um. Uh, she also was published in 1881, which was sketches and scrap in scraps, which was illustrated by her husband. So oh. a little family, a little family oh, yeah. business. He's,
0: he's an architect. Yeah. He knows how to put pen to paper and make things look pretty.
1: Exactly. Um, she wrote about both of her parents. She wrote a biography about both of her parents called Two Noble Lives, Samuel Gridley Howe and Julia Ward Howe. That came out in 1911. She also collaborated with her sister, Maud Howe Elliott, and their biography of their mother, who wrote the lyrics to Battle Hymn of the Republic, which mm-hmm. was titled Julia Ward Howe, 1819 to 1910, won the Pulitzer Prize in 1917. Awesome. So this, so she has, she has a Pulitzer.
0: <laughs> so she, she won a Pulitzer. Yeah. Very cool. So
1: life's, um, she also wrote many other biographies, including, um, uh, for Abigail Adams, She wrote Abigail Adams and her times that was published in 1917. She also uh, wrote a biography about Joan of Arc in 1919 and she uh, dedicated it to Theodore Roosevelt, who was quote, also a soldier. Um, And then she also, of course, wrote a biography about Laura Bridgman. And it was called Laura Bridgman, the story of an opened door, who was again, the star pupil who she is named after and yeah, so she, uh, her final biography was um, her own biography, an autobiography uh, called Stepping Westward in 1931. It was her personal memoirs of traveling Europe and anecdotes of famous literary friends from her life in Boston and Maine and Concord and New Hampshire. Uh, this, her, some of her friends included Nathaniel Hawthorne and Louisa May Alcott. So good, right. good friends so to have. Been-
0: She spent that 15 years towards the end of her career basically writing biographies of badass women.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's so cool. (laughs)
1: Yeah, what a badass. I know, right? (laughs) I'm like, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how have we not stumbled upon this woman before? I mean, she's like amazing. Um,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So um, I I have just this. This is something that I think is an interesting tidbit uh, about sign language. Mm -hmm. Did you know that if you speak American sign language you can probably communicate with someone who speaks French sign language but not with someone who speaks British sign language
1: Are you serious? Be- That's weird. Because
0: American sign language like the the vocabulary that was established when it finally became American sign language was heavily based on because on French sign language because the person who established the the ASL like vocabulary worked with the guy who created the French sign language vocabulary.
1: Oh. So their
0: their hand signs for words are very similar, many of them overlap, whereas if you're trying to talk to someone who speaks um UK sign British sign language, presumably two countries that speak the same language verbally but the sign language is completely different. That is so weird. Yep.
1: That's... Australian
0: Sign Language is also its own,
1: well, yeah, its own
0: I w- thing. Can
1: can British Sign UK Sign Language and Australian Sign Language connect? Because like they tend to be very similar. There
0: is there is more overlap than with American, um, but there are lots of signs that are very particular to Australian Sign Language that like don't mean anything in any other language.
1: Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Wow. Did not know that. So fun facts, more fun facts on top of fun facts. I love that. Yep. There you go. Cool. It's always been something I wish I could learn. And I I had a roommate in undergrad um, in New York who spoke fluent sign language and she's an interpreter and stuff. And it was because she had a deaf uh, sibling. Um, And it's just, I find it to be beautiful. (laughs) It's such a beautiful language. Um,
0: It also strikes me as just such a practical language yes um there there are times when you want to communicate with someone but you don't want to make a ton of noise
1: yep um but uh back to laura oh my gosh
0: back yeah, to laura elizabeth how
1: <laughs> they also don't bring us the best coffee so um back to laura elizabeth how um and you know after like that that was that was very interesting um so on top of all the like literary contributions she had to the world, uh, her husband um, and her were also involved in several philanthropic endeavors over the years, including founding Camp um, which was a uh, like camp for boys um, okay. and uh, also established the Gardner Library Association. They also established the first public high school in their, in their area in Maine. They worked to bring public health nurses to the area. And they also, um, had many, um, causes that were striving to stop abusive child labor practices. So
0: awesome. These are cool people. Yeah. This
1: slayed the game. Like, I'm just like, I want to, I wish I could have met this woman. She just sounds amazing. Um, she was productive. Sounds like her
0: autobiography is probably a pretty dope read.
1: I know. I think I might actually download it on uh, my Kindle and check her out. Pick it up she, and read it? Yeah. So she was active writing until she was 81. And she died when she was 93, which was very old at that time.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah. So, so she made it to
0: 1943? 1943.
1: 1943. So she almost she was only seven years out from when my parents were born,
0: <laughs> well, which also means she made it through the Civil War yes. and into the Second World War. Yes. She, she went, was a teenager during the Civil War. She would have been like in her 60s during the First World War. And she made it to the beginning. She of the Second saw World the
1: beginning War. of the Second World War. That's pretty crazy. Good Lord. Yeah. Ooh-ee, all right. Which means she also went through a the Spanish flu. She also went through the Spanish flu, which was like yep. the last version of COVID kind of thing. Yep. Um.
0: Saw the first manned flight.
1: Yes. I mean, and electricity. And I mean, like, yeah, that, that the industrial revolution. I mean, everything. She saw everything. <laughs> like,
0: that's a Yeah,
1: that's a lifetime. Saw I a mean, a lot of
0: big ass changes in that lifetime.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like my great grandma, who I knew quite well. She passed away when I was in uh, college. She was born in 1900 and passed away in 2001.
0: So, like, what the fuck? A lot of big ass changes in that what? lifetime.
1: So, anyway, badass women. So, uh, Richard. Some one last fun fact, and then we will actually get to the story. So, she wrote a nonsense poem called Ella Telephony. Ella Telephony.
0: It okay. continues
1: to delight. I actually know this poem, and you probably do too, and you don't even know. So it was re-emerged like, because it was adapted and aired during Sesame Street for a phonics lesson for the letter E. <laughs> the, this is the poem. I've got it. Once there was an elephant who tried to use the telephone. No, no, I mean the elephone who tried to use the telephone. Dear me, I'm not certain quite that even now I've got it right. However, it was. He got his trunk entangled in the telefunk. The more he tried to get it free, the louder buzzed the telefee. I fear I'd better drop the song of Ella Hop and Telethong. <laughs> So I actually know, like when I started reading that, I'm like, I totally know this poem. I remember this.
0: It Um, sounds vaguely familiar. I
1: like I don't even know if I saw it on Sesame Street, but I've definitely like read this poem before. Like it was in like a collection of like children's poems when I was a kid because I loved poetry when I was a kid. So like I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes, this one. So Yeah.
0: Although the end of it makes me want Cisco to start singing.
1: It's actually, I think it's telethong, not telethong. I think I, it's oh. ph, it's ph, but I want, I want it to be telethong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to our fundraising telethong.
1: <laughs> that thong, 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 thong. This year,
0: we're raising money for Doctors Without Borders. <laughs> Please call in to our telethong. <laughs> I'm into it. welcome to the New York City Marathon.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. That was yesterday, <laughs> wasn't it? Six
0: point two miles of thongs.
1: Wasn't the New York City uh, Marathon yesterday? That was yesterday? yesterday
0: as we are recording, yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw people running it. Um. Anyway, so the story you will be... <laughs> thong, the thong, thong, thong. The story you will be reading today by Laura E. Richards, which is what she went by, is Maine to the Rescue...
0: All right, let's start this fire.
1: Let's do it.
0: Maine to the Rescue by Laura E. Richards. Oh dear, oh dear, it's snowing. Hurrah! Hurrah! <laughs> it's snowing!
1: Uh, sorry, I didn't Mass- mention that the reason I picked this story is I read the first line. I was like, this seems appropriate <laughs> for the season. <laughs> Not where I am, because it's 85 fucking degrees out and 100% humidity, but from what I've heard back where you are and the majority of humans, the the, the fall is solidly here.
0: Massachusetts looked up from her algebra. She was the head of the school. She was rosy and placid as the apple she was generally eating when not in class.
1: Wait, is this kid's name Apples? Massachusetts?
0: Um, well, it appears not to be a kid because she oh. is the head of the school. Oh, okay. But yes, Massachusetts <laughs> is her name.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of school this is.
0: <laughs> I suppose she could be like head girl.
1: Head girl. Who eats apples? Alright, her name's Massachusetts. Apples. Fabulous.
0: Massachusetts. Apples and algebra were the things she cared most about in school life. Whence come these varying cries, she said, taking her feet off the fender and trying to be interested, though her thoughts went on with A16th B equals.
1: <laughs> I hate this girl. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't like maths. <laughs>
0: Oh, Virginia is grumbling because it is snowing and Maine is feeling happy over it, that's all, said Rhode Island, the smallest girl in Miss Wayland's school. Mm-hmm. Poor Virginia, it is rather hard on you to have snow in March when you have just got your box of spring clothes from home. It is atrocious, said Virginia, a tall, graceful, languishing girl. Oh, let me try that again, then. (laughs) It is atrocious, said Virginia, a tall, graceful, languishing girl. How could they send me to such a place where it is winter all the spring? Why, at home, the violets are in blossom, and the trees are coming down, the birds singing... And at home, broke in Maine, who was a tall girl too, but lithe and breezy as a young willow with flyaway hair and dancing brown eyes, at home all is winter, white, beautiful, glorious winter, with ice two or three feet thick on the rivers, and great. Fields and fields of snow, all sparkling in the sun, and the sky a vast sapphire overhead without a speck. Oh, the glory of it, the splendor of it. And here, here it is neither fish, flesh, fowl, nor good red herring, a wretched makeshift season, which they call winter because they don't know what else to call it.
1: This bitch sounds like she's from Minnesota. She's like, right?
0: I was just gonna say,
1: <laughs> she, I, This girl is you.
0: <laughs> yep, like, pff, I grew up in Minnesota, I don't need a coat.
1: This ain't fucking winter winter here. <laughs> come on, it's not even below 32. I'm i I'm wearing my shorts.
0: <laughs> that was uh, the first time it snowed in Kansas City, yeah. and a couple of our um southern classmates got all excited about the snow, and I was like, oh, come, this isn't even really snow, it this like is frosted over. This is like,
1: this is like. Like, it's like goose feathers that, like, hit us in the face for, like, an hour. Yeah. So I I do love that all the students have names that are states or locations. Yeah.
0: Well, and they are clearly personifications Mm -hmm. of the states. Of the
1: states. Yeah.
0: Come, come, said old New York, who was 17 (laughs) years old and had her own ideas of dignity. (laughs) Let us alone, you two outsiders. The Empire State would not change climates with either of you.
1: Oh, my God. Obsessed with her. (laughs) She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck.
0: (laughs) No, indeed, chimed in young New York, who always (laughs) followed her leader in everything from opinions down to hair ribbons. (laughs) No, indeed, repeated Virginia with languid scorn, because you couldn't get anyone to change with you, my dear. Young New York reddened. You are so disagreeable, Virginia, she said. (laughs) I am sure glad I am glad I don't have to live with you all the year round. Personal remarks, said Massachusetts, looking up calmly. One cent, young New York, for the missionary fund, thank you. Let me give you each half an apple and you will feel better.
1: (laughs) That's right. Bribe the children with food. That's how it works, man. I mean, honestly, (laughs) at least it's an apple and not like, like here, here's here's some taffy. It'll be good.
0: Uh, well, it's Massachusetts. It's either going to be an apple or like maple syrup.
1: Mm, maple syrup.
0: <laughs> mm, apple dipped in maple
1: syrup. Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. Mm. It's like a, it's like a new version of a, it's like a Massachusetts version of a caramel apple. <laughs> yeah, I like nom, it. Nom 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 nom. <laughs>
0: She solemnly divided a large red apple and gave the halves to the two scowling girls who took them, laughing in spite of themselves, and went their separate ways. "'Why didn't you let them have it out, Massachusetts?' said Maine, laughing. "'You never let anyone have a good row.' "'Slang?' said Massachusetts, looking up again, one cent for the missionary fund. You will clothe the heathen at this rate, Maine. That is the fourth cent today. Row isn't slang, protested Maine, feeling, however, for her pocketbook. Vulgar colloquial. Returned Massachusetts quietly, and perhaps you would go away now, Maine, or else be quiet. Have you learned? No, I haven't. Said Maine. I will do it very soon, dear Saint Apple. I must look at the snow a little more.
1: Um, I just want to point out that Massachusetts would not like this podcast if she doesn't like the word "row" as slang. (laughs) Right. (laughs) When I'm slang
0: and vulgar and vulgarity,
1: it's like fuck shit. I just had to throw that in there, so you have to put a meow meow. <laughs> uh,
0: it's been a while. <laughs> she also doesn't like personal remarks.
1: Per, well, then she'd really that hate our- That was the our, first one. She would yep. hate our podcast. <laughs> Suck it, Massachusetts. <laughs> you heard me, Boston. Sorry,
0: Massachusetts. I hear you're a lovely state.
1: You heard me, Boston.
0: <laughs> oh. You, you, you going specifically after Boston because I feel like Boston will fight back.
1: Well, that's where she's from, the writer. So I assume that, that that's her take on Massachusetts is Boston. Oh,
0: uh, well, that's, that's why she, Massachusetts is in charge.
1: That's why she, that's where she's originally that's where she was raised until she got married and then moved. And then she moved to Maine. So Massachusetts and Maine are having it out. I love it. This is, we facts, this is room. why we do fun facts, y'all. This <laughs> is why we do fun facts. Now we know the context and we can it's like, good to have context. It, it's great.
0: Yeah. And then you can get all like deep and academic about it.
1: Oh, and I will. I'm very deep and academic.
0: Yeah. That's what they say about you on the street. <laughs>
1: that's, that's what that's, deep that's, and that's academic. My, ew. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't,
0: you don't think deep and academic are big selling points. On the street.
1: She goes deep and academic. Wait, what does that even mean?
0: <laughs> Maine went dancing off to her room where she threw the window open and looked out with delight. The girl caught up a double handful and tossed it about laughing for pure pleasure. Then she leaned out to feel the beating of the flakes on her face. Really quite a respectable little snowstorm, she said, nodding approval at the whirling white drift. (laughs) Go on and you will be worthwhile, my dear. She went singing to her algebra, which she could not have done if it had not been snowing.
1: (laughs) She's like, I don't do math unless it's actual winter. (laughs)
0: The snow went on increasing from hour to hour. By noon, the wind began to rise. Before night, it was blowing a furious gale. Furious blasts clutched at the windows and rattled them like castanets. The wind howled and shrieked and moaned till it seemed as if the air were filled with angry demons fighting to possess the square white house. Many of the pupils of Miss Wayland's school came to the tea table with disturbed faces, but Massachusetts was as calm as usual and Maine was jubilant. Isn't it a glorious storm? she cried exultingly. I didn't know there could be such a storm in this part of the country, Miss Wayland. Will you give me some milk, please? "'There is no milk, my dear,' said Miss Wayland, who looked rather troubled. "'The milkman has not come and probably will not come tonight. "'There has never been such a storm in my lifetime,' she added. "'Do you have such storms at home, my dear?' Oh yes indeed, Maine said cheerfully. I don't know that we often have so much wind as this, but the snow is nothing out of the way. Why on Palm Sunday last year our milkman dug through a drift 20 feet deep to get at his cows. Oh. He was the only milkman who ventured out and he took me and the minister's wife to church in his little red pung.
1: Oh, what is a first of all what's a pung? <laughs>
0: I don't know. It is spelled P-U-N-G.
1: P-U-N-G. Let me look it up just a second. It's gonna take say... a dictionary term. It's a one horse sleigh consisting of a box on runners. So it's a it's a one it's a like it's from, a like, one jingle horse open sleigh. sleigh. Hey. Yes. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle. That's exactly what it is.
0: Great. Amazing.
1: Amazing. All right. <laughs> so I love that this jingle girl. Jingle
0: bells to my cows jingle all the way. Milkman oh, came and took us to, to the church. milk my cows and every day.
1: Yeah.
0: So the milkman took Maine and the minister's wife to church in his little jingle bell sleigh.
1: On a jingle bell sleigh. Yay.
0: We were the only women in church, I remember. Miss Betsy Fullensby, who had not missed going to church in 15 years, started on foot after climbing out of her bedroom window to the (laughs) shed roof and sliding down. All her doors were blocked up and she lived alone. So there was no one to dig her out. But she got stuck in a drift about halfway and had to stay there until one of the neighbors came and pulled her out.
1: Um, That sounds like a great way to die. <laughs> Look,
0: that well, sounds a like some. populated enough town.
1: That's like some Minnesota, Minot, North Dakota bullshit right there. It's like I, cl- I climbed out my fucking second story window to go to church because there was that much snow.
0: That sounds like the kind of thing that the fire department would get called in for in Mayberry.
1: Yes. Yes. It's like...
0: Like Mrs. Cleaver would call the fire department because her neighbor got stuck waist deep in a snowdrift.
1: On her way to church. Like... Yeah. It's amazing.
0: All the girls laughed at this. And even Miss Wayland smiled, but suddenly she looked grave again. Hark, she said, and listened. Did you not hear something? We hear Boreas, Oster, Eurus, and Zephyrus, answered old New York. Nothing else. At that moment, there was a lull in the screeching of the wind. All listened intently, and a faint sound was heard from without, which was not that of the blast. A child, said Massachusetts, rising quickly. It's a child's voice. I will go, Miss Wayland. I cannot permit it, Alice, cried Miss Wayland in great distress. I cannot allow you to think of it. You are just recovering from a severe cold, and I am responsible to your parents. What shall we do? It certainly sounds like a child crying out in the pitiless storm. Of course, it may be a cat. <laughs>
1: Child, cat, child, cat. Aren't they the same thing?
0: (laughs) Go out and save it either way.
1: I know. Either way, you should probably go check out this poor thing that's crying in the snow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Maine had gone to the window at the first alarm and now turned with shining eyes. It is a child, she said quietly. I have no cold, Miss Wayland. I am going, of course. Passing by Massachusetts, who had started out of her usual calm and stood in some perplexity, she whispered, If it were freezing, it wouldn't cry. I shall be in time. Get a ball of stout twine.
1: Fat twine?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. She disappeared. In three minutes, she returned, dressed in her blanket coat, reaching halfway below her knees, scarlet leggings and gaily wrought moccasins.
1: um I know on that blanket her head, coat very a fur well cap. i know the I know you the know blanket that. coat very well. I call them the marshmallow coats. I call it my marshmallow <laughs> coat <Yep. laughs> it's the poof the That's poofy the coat the poof coat,
0: yep, put on the so she's going out cosplaying as the stay puff marshmallow man
1: yes, pretty much. Yeah. Or just cold heather in New York, (laughs) Chicago, mainly Chicago. Chicago was fucking cold. On her head, a fur cap
0: with a band of sea otter fur projecting over her eyes. What? Yeah.
1: Oh, was that was around her hat? That was that. That's
0: yeah. That's the the headband over her eyes. Yeah, which makes sense. That would be like very waterproof.
1: Very waterproof and warm. I mean, and that was also back. You know, when they killed animals like that for (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and like, I actually watched an episode of, um, uh, uh, I forget what was it called life below zero or, uh, something like that. I watched it with Suzanne when I was staying with her in New Jersey. Um, it's like a reality show, kind of like naked and afraid, but it's act, it's like survivalists that live above the Arctic circle mm-hmm. and they follow them. And there was, there's an indigenous family, um, and um, like these otters. So these are river otters, but these river otters had like dammed up their fresh water supply. And so they had to like kill them because if they didn't kill them, they would redo it again. And if they if they destroyed their houses without killing them, they would starve to death. Right. So like it it, it becomes a whole like nature versus like it and and they were like, Well, we'll kill them and we'll use their skins and eat them. Basically, we're going right. to like, you know, not waste these, these animals. Yeah. So, so they, they had sea they otter, they had, and then it cleared yeah, up there. they had river yeah. otter, like, hats and stuff like that that they made. So anyway, <laughs> random fun facts I, I saw on uh, reality TV.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, in her hand, she held a pair of snowshoes. She had had no opportunity to wear her snowshoeing suit all winter, and she was quite delighted. Yay. My child, said Miss Wayland faintly, how can I let you go? My duty to your parents, what are those strange things? What use are you going to make of them? By way of answer, Maine slipped her feet into the snowshoes and, with Massachusetts aid, quickly fastened the thongs.
1: Seriously? Oh my god, the thongs are back.
0: <laughs> it comes full circle. Thonk, the Although thong, I will thong, say. Thongs. I don't think a thong is your best choice if you're going out into a winter storm.
1: No, I would definitely at least wear like like boy shorts or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably some like thermal, long thermals. Like
1: Yeah, some thermal long underwear sounds way more appropriate than like fastening on some thongs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Seems, I, I do love that thong came full circle. Who would have known?
0: Yep. <laughs> Who knew? That's it. that's the one.
1: Thong full circle.
0: Dear, dear camper, Dear listener, and in this case, I'm actually specifically talking to my mom, who will text me to correct this. I am very much aware that when she says thongs, she is talking about the the leather tie, the yes, thong over the that like ties on the shoes. shoes. Yeah.
1: Yes, we know. This is
0: a bit.
1: We know. <laughs> we, know we know. We know, Jamie. <laughs> but it's a funny word
0: (laughs) and probably going to be the basis for the title of this episode.
1: Something about thongs. Yes.
0: Yep. The twine. She said, yes, that will do plenty of it. tie it to the door handle square knot. So I'm all right, dear. Don't worry. Like a flash. The girl was gone out into the howling night. Miss Wayland wrung her hands and wept. And most of the girls wept with her. Virginia, who was curled up in a corner, really sick with fright, beckoned to Massachusetts. Is there any chance of her coming back alive? She asked in a whisper. I wish I had made up with her, but we may all die in this awful storm.
1: I love that Virginia is the young version of Blanche DuBois.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's absolutely just a giant drama queen.
1: She is a super drama queen that, like, is a little unstable.
0: (laughs) Yep. Nonsense, said Massachusetts. Try to have a little sense, Virginia. Maine is all right and can take care of herself. And as for whimpering at the wind, when you have a good roof over your head, it is too absurd. (laughs) fucking southerners
1: she's like i've never seen snow before my word oh i need some sweet tea (laughs) My, my my pearls my
0: pearls For the first time since she came to school, Massachusetts forgot the study hour, as did everyone else, and in spite of her brave efforts at cheerful conversation, it was a sad and anxious group that sat about the fire in the pleasant parlor. Maine went out quickly and closed the door behind her, then stood still a moment, listening for the direction of the cry. She did not hear it at first, but presently it broke out. A piteous little wail sounding louder now in the open air. The girl bent her head to listen. Where was the child? The voice came from the right, surely. It's a ghost. It's she a ghost. Her- <laughs> I think you've put your head too firmly in ghost stories. I'm yeah. thinking this is actually a kid.
1: It probably is, but, you know, why not?
0: <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's D.C., it's DC. Maybe it's Puerto Rico. <laughs>
1: it's Rhode Island. <laughs> it's so no, tiny. No, we've already you can't met Rhode Island. It. Oh, that's right. We've already we met Rhode Island. It's um, um, wait. What year
0: was this story written?
1: Uh, uh, I can't remember. Like it was around the turn of the century.
0: So it might be one of the. It might be one of the newest states.
1: It's like Nebraska. No, yeah. Nebraska. Well, I think
0: like I think Washington became a state in like the 1890s.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Iowa was 1851. So, um yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's like North Dakota or one of those. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's one it's one of those northern cold states.
0: Yeah. A state that know it. Oh, it'll be one of the northern cold states because then it'll be okay in the cold. The baby will be like, what would you pick me up for?" Be
1: like, "I'm playing. I'm, fine. I'm sledding, bitch. You want to join me?" <laughs> Strap on your phones and let's go play.
0: <laughs> baby actually in a thong.
1: Yeah baby in a thong
0: (laughs) she would make her way down the end of the road and then she could tell better which direction the cry was coming from grasping the ball of twine firmly she stepped forward planting the broad snowshoes lightly in the snow dry snow As she turned the corner of the house, an icy blast caught her as if with furious hands, shook her like a leaf, and flung her roughly against the wall.
1: Ouch. Her forehead
0: (laughs) struck the corner, and for a moment she was stunned, but the blood trickling down her face quickly brought her to herself. Ew. She set her teeth... Folded her arms tightly, and stooping forward, measured her strength once more with that of the gale. This time, it seemed as if she were cleaving a wall of ice which opened only to close behind her. On she struggled, unrolling her twine as she went. The child's cry sounded louder, and she took fresh heart. Pausing, she clapped her hand to her mouth repeatedly, uttering a shrill, long call. It was a whoop which her father had taught her in their whoop, woodland whoop. rambles at home. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> like, that's childish... what I
1: imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, or she's just singing, or she's just like, that thong, that thong, thong. <laughs> like, that that's it. it. That's the one. Thong, <laughs> uh,
0: New version of Marco Polo. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's the response?
1: Song. Thong, song, thong, song. Yeah. <laughs> like or is it
0: like, I'm trying to think, is it something like, you got thong, the thong, thong, thong. And then the response is baby got back. Hey, I like that.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: Okay. This one off the rails.
1: Bring that one to the pool next summer, kids.
0: it <laughs> would be a hell of a mashup.
1: Uh, the thong song and baby got back. Yeah. And then I want to throw in like some Lizzo. And some like Cardi B, <laughs> like with WAP. Put it, put WAP in with those two as well. <laughs> now you, if now you're you,
0: if you are a musician who does uh, song mixes, <laughs> um, that idea is on the house. Just please, like hashtag Campfire Classics. hashtag Campfire
1: it. Classics, yeah.
0: la, <laughs> what's happening? Struggling, rolling, child's cry sounded. Louder gave her fresh heart, whooping cry. Ah, yes. She whoop-whooped. She thong-thonged.
1: She (laughs) thong-thonged.
0: The childish wail stopped. She repeated the cry louder and louder, then shouted at the top of her lungs, Hold on! Help is coming! Again and again the wind buffeted her and forced her backward a step or two, but she lowered her head and wrapped her arms more tightly about her body and plodded on. Once she fell, stumbling over a stump, twice she ran against a tree, for the white darkness was absolutely blinding, and she saw nothing, felt nothing but snow snow at last her snowshoe struck something hard she stretched out her hands it was the stone wall and now as she crept alongside it the child's wail broke out again close at hand mother oh mother mother the girl's Uh. heart beat fast where are you she cried At the same moment, she stumbled against something soft. A mound of snow, was it? No, for it moved. It moved and cried, and little hands clutched her dress. She saw nothing, but put her hands down and touched the little cold face. She dragged the child out of the snow, which had almost covered it, and set it on its feet. Who are you? she asked, putting her face down close, while by vigorous patting and rubbing she tried to give life to the benumbed, cowering little figure which staggered along helplessly, clutching with half-frozen fingers. Benny Withers, sobbed the child, (laughs) mother sent me for the clothes, but I can't get them. Benny Withers, cried "Maine, Why, you live close by. Why didn't you go home, child? I can't, cried the boy. I can't see nothing. I tried to get to the school, and I tried to get home, and I I can't get nowhere except against this wall. Let me stay here now. I want to rest me a little.
1: Oh, no. Um, Buddy, no, no, that's a bad life choice. See, the boys in this story are stupid.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, he's the only one so far.
1: Yeah, he's like, I'll just stay in the snow. It's fine.
0: (laughs) He would have sunk down again, but Maine caught him up in her strong young arms. Here, climb up on my back, Benny, she said cheerfully. Hold on tight round my neck, and you shall rest while I take you home. So... That's a brave boy. see now, there you are. Now put your <laughs> head on my shoulder, close, and hold on. Ah, uh, how Maine blessed the heavy little brother at home who would ride on his sister's back long after Mama said he was too big. <laughs> How she's she a blessed fat boy carrying <laughs> up and down stairs the horsey rides through the garden and down the lane, which has made her shoulders strong.
1: Bitches, now this girl's fearless and she works out. I mean, come on. This yep. yeah. Love me, love me a strong female.
0: <laughs> Benny Withers was eight years old, but he was small and slender and no heavier than six-year-old Philip. No need of telling the child to hold on, once he was up out of the cruel snowbed, he clung desperately around the girl's neck and pressed his head close against the woolen stuff. Maine pulled her ball of twine from her pocket, fortunately it was a large one, and the twine, though strong, was fine, so that there seemed to be no end to it, and once more lowered her head and set her teeth and moved forward, keeping close to the wall in the direction of Mrs. Withers' cottage. For a while, she saw nothing. When she looked up under the fringe of otter fur, which, long and soft, kept the snow from blinding her, nothing but the white, whirling drift which beat with icy, stinging blows in her face.
1: I love that this bitch was like, I'm not going to just take him back to the school. I'm going to go, I'm going to find my way to the house. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, this this is not this is not the most um logical decision making.
1: I mean, she's she's very gung ho and clearly like is comfortable in the snow, I guess. But like I was like, I'd just take him back to the school and get him but, warmed yeah, which up.
0: Which is lovely, but just take him take him back to the school and wait for the storm to pass. Yeah. Like, like you got a string that's gonna bring you right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, mom will think her son is dead, but, you know, she'll get over it.
0: <laughs> but only for a little while.
1: Only for a bit. And then it's going to be like this beautiful, miraculous, like, r- reunion.
0: <laughs> That's, yeah. It's And it's only long enough for her to have, like, a tiny mental breakdown and maybe, like, one or two little baby heart attacks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: But at last her eyes caught a faint glimmer of light, and presently a brighter gleam showed her Mrs. Withers' grey cottage, now white like the rest of the world. Bursting open the cottage door, she almost threw the child into the arms of his mother, the woman, who had been weeping wildly, could hardly believe her eyes. She caught the little boy and smothered him with kisses, chafing his cold hands and crying over him. I didn't know, she said. I didn't know till he was gone. I told him at noon he was to go, never thinking it be like this. I was sure he was lost and dead, but I couldn't leave my sick baby, bless you, whoever you are, man or woman, but stay and get warm and rest You're never going out again in this awful storm. But Maine was gone.
1: She's like, bye, (laughs) peace. I'm out. Bye. She didn't even like stay to tell her her name. She just like drops this child off, and she's like, and she's going back now. (laughs) Yeah. Follow the breadcrumbs, aka Fat Twine. She's
0: she's making bolder and bolder and dimmer and dimmer choices.
1: Well, it seems like she's doing all right though. She's doing all right, but, like,
0: stay and wait out the storm.
1: But then her, everyone else will be worried about her.
0: Okay, so they'll all have a little anxiety (laughs) attack and a couple of little cardiac episodes.
1: Yeah, I I understand her logic, but it's not necessarily, like, what I would do because I don't like the snow, so. (laughs) But clearly this girl is a little, like, little fucking, like, winter ninja, so.
0: Yeah. And in fairness, it is probably exactly what I would do. I'd just keep pushing through. Yeah. Yeah.
1: um,
0: But I'm not very clever.
1: (laughs) Well, then, Maine and you uh, connect on a deep level. There you go.
0: In Miss Wayland's parlor, the suspense was becoming unendurable. They had heard Maine's whoop and some of them, Miss Wayland herself among the number, thought it was a cry of distress, but Massachusetts rightly interpreted the call and assured them that it was a call of encouragement to the bewildered child. Then came silence within the house and a prolonged clamor, a sort of witch's chorus with wailing and shrieking without... Once a heavy branch was torn from one of the great elms and came thundering down on the roof. This proved the finishing touch for poor Virginia. She went into violent hysterics (laughs) and was carried off to bed by Miss Wayland and old New York.
1: And there's Blanche DuBois' origin story. There's Blanche
0: having her little (laughs) breakdown. No, that
1: was her first breakdown was theirs, the, 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 the storm and the tree, and she's like, Oh my God! And that's 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 where it all started, right there.
0: That was the beginning of the whole thing. She was sent to some some boarding school up north somewhere and never recovered.
1: Never got better.
0: <laughs> Massachusetts presently ventured to blame explore it on a the
1: Maine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's a good one. I like that. I-
1: like I was like I blame Maine, and then that came to my head. So yep. blame it on the Maine, yeah, yeah. Blanche Dubois has gone crazy tonight. <laughs> but I'd have to be lip syncing for that to actually.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> 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 Ooh, damn, Millie Vanilli, oh. burn. <laughs>
0: That's all right. Still, that's that's a good poll. That's a good poll. I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. I feel
0: like I feel like we've got about eight percent of our listeners who will
1: who will get, get that all
0: parts of that joke. <laughs> I'm Let looking us know at, if you're one looking of that at 8%. Lindsay.
1: I'm looking at Lindsay right now, <laughs> whose birthday was like yesterday or the day before. So happy birthday, Lindsay! <laughs> happy birthday, Lindsay! That's, anyway,
0: that's great. <laughs> Yay! Massachusetts presently ventured to explore a little. She hastened through the hall to the front door, opened it a few inches, and put her hand on the twine which was fastened to the handle. What was her horror to find that it hung loose, swinging idly in the wind. (gasps) Sick at heart, she shut the door, pressing her hands over her eyes, trying to think. Maine must be lost in the howling storm. She must find her, but where and how? Oh, if Miss Wayland had only let her go first, she was older, it would not have mattered so much. But now, quick, she would wrap herself warmly and slip out without anyone knowing.
1: So we were right, Massachusetts is like the head girl. Yes. She's like not the teacher, but she's like the oldest girl there. She's like the- She's like the sorority sister president or something like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um. a buck a
1: book. Pop Ooh. Thong song. La 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 la. Thong song. Thong
0: song. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Slip out without anyone. Ah, oh, yeah. The girl was turning to fly upstairs when suddenly something fell heavily against the door outside. There was a fumbling for the handle. The next moment it flew open, and something white stumbled into the hall, shut the door, and sat down heavily on the floor. Personal rudeness gasped Maine, struggling for (laughs) breath. You shut the door in my face. One cent for the missionary fund. (laughs) Callback humor. Yep. (laughs) The great storm was over. The sun came up and looked down on a strange white world, no fences, no walls, only a smooth ridge where one of these had been. Trees, which the day before had been quite tall, now looked like dwarves spreading their broad arms not far from the snow carpet beneath them. Roads there were none. All was smooth, save where some huge drift nodded its crest like a billowing curling for its downward rush. Maine, spite of her scarred face, which showed as many patches as that of a court lady in King George's times, was jubilant, <laughs> tired, not a bit of it, a little stiff, just enough to need a limbering out, as they said at home. There's no butter, she announced at breakfast. There is no milk, no meat for dinner. Therefore, I go a snowshoeing. Dear Miss Wayland, let me go. I have learned my algebra and I shall be discovering unknown quantities at every step, which will be just as instructive.
1: That's right. Miss Wayland. Fuck math. Go live your life. <laughs> that is real. Fuck math. Go and adventure. Is- that is real. <laughs>
0: Learning out in the real world.
1: That is my favorite line in any of our books so far, kind of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Miss Wayland could refuse nothing to the heroine of last night's adventure. Better than Miss Wayland could not refuse the heroine.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, no, they're more in the opium times like back here. Yeah.
0: Behold, Maine, therefore triumphant, sallying forth, clad once more in her blanket suit and dragging her sled behind her. There was no struggling now, no hand to hand wrestling with storm demons. The sun laughed from the sky, as blue and deep as her own skies of Maine, and the girl laughed with him as she walked along, the powdery snow flying in a cloud from her snowshoes at every step. Such a sight had never been seen in Mentor Village before. The people came running to their upper windows, their lower ones were for the most part buried in snow, and stared with all their eyes at the strange apparition. In the street, life was beginning to stir. People had found somewhat to their own surprise that they were alive and well after the (laughs) blizzard and knots of men were clustered here and there discussing the storm while some were already at work tunneling through the drifts. Mr. Perkins, the butcher.
1: The butcher.
0: Yeah. Perkins. Yeah. That was, that's the name of her dad's school, right? Yeah.
1: The Perkins Institute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mr. Perkins, the butcher, had just got his door open, and great was his amazement when Maine hailed him from the top of a great drift and demanded a quarter of mutton and some soup meat. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, miss, he stammered, open-mouthed with astonishment. I, I've got the meat, but I wasn't, my team isn't out this morning. I don't know about sending it.
1: How the fuck did you get here, <laughs> is I what he have meant to a say. a
0: team here, said Maine, quietly pulling her sled alongside. Give me the mutton, Mr. Perkins. You may charge it to Miss Wayland, please, and I will take it home. Oh, my God. The butterman and the grocer were visited in the same way, and Maine, rather embarrassed by the concentrated observation of the whole village, "'turned to pull her laden sled back when suddenly a window was thrown open and a voice exclaimed, "'Young woman, I will give you ten dollars for the use of those snowshoes for an hour.' (laughs) "'Maine looked up in amazement and laughed merrily when she saw the well-known countenance of the village doctor. "'Wait!' You, my dear young lady, cried a good man. This is Maine to the rescue indeed. (laughs) I might have known it was you, but I repeat my offer. Make it anything you please, only let me have the snowshoes. I cannot get a horse out, and I have two patients dangerously ill. What is your price for the magic shoes? (laughs) My price, doctor, repeated Maine, looking up with dancing eyes. My price is... One cent For the missionary fund
1: Aww
0: The snowshoes are yours And I will get home somehow With my sled and the mutton So she did And Dr. Fowler made his calls With the snowshoes And saved a life And brought cheer and comfort to many But it was ten dollars And not one cent Which he gave to the missionary fund
1: Yeah
0: The end was an adorable one
1: that was delightful i like it uh that girl's my hero i love her (laughs) main to the rescue
0: i want to be her when i grow up
1: i know i want to be her like every day
0: when i grow up to be a 16 year old girl i want to be just like her
1: (laughs) i love that she was just like fuck it i got this and like the entire village is like this girl's the coolest
0: yeah, in the movie version of this short story, she's played by um, Lady Mormont from uh, yes. Game of
1: Thrones. Yes, I was trying to cast it while you were reading, and I was like, huh. No, that is perfect casting. Yep. <laughs> she's even like the right age right now, like because she was like 10, 11 when she did uh, uh Game of yeah. Thrones. So yeah, be, she's like right around, around the right age. She's around 16.
0: 15, right. 16, something like that. All
1: right, producers, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Maine to the rescue.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this even got be, a very um,
1: similar theme of the winter thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be her version of um, that uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he, like, fights a bear.
1: <laughs> where he fights and he won an Academy Award. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so It's just a little little
0: less aggressive.
1: A little, but we could, I mean, we can add some like, you know, uh, some uh, cinematic, uh, she has to like fight off an animal on her way to save the child or something like.
0: Yeah. On her way back to school, she gets abducted by aliens and then it turns into Independence Day.
1: Yeah. Or like wolves and it's very Beauty and the Beast and like, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good times. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. She
0: she goes away and is raised by wolves and- (laughs)
1: And then comes back and teaches and them all founds, how to live in the and wild. Then
0: f- founds Rome and,
1: founds Rome.
0: <laughs> Romulus and Remus were two twin babies who were raised yes, by a wolf. I know, baby. And Romulus and Remus founded Rome. It. I,
1: <sighs> oh, so did Mowgli in the jungle.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Very similar story there.
0: <laughs> and Tarzan with the monkeys. And
1: Tarzan. Yep. Yep. So, well, that was delightful. I am so glad that that was the story.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like Thank you, her. Laura E. Richards. Um, I might be tracking down a couple of those biographies that she wrote because uh, those sound super interesting.
1: They sound fantastic. And I really liked her writing style. It was very, like, considering she's one of the older authors we've read, it was very, like, like... You know, it, it didn't feel like old timey, like <laughs> it wasn't no, being fancy had, to be fancy.
0: Um, reading it, it had a sentence structure and a feel very similar to um uh the haircut, uh the the ring Laudner.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it, it had that sort of delivery feel about it. Like a Americana, me,
1: a very Americana, yeah. like, yeah. No. Yeah, was... well,
0: and there were there were sentences that were clearly missing words but they were missing words because it was like, well, this is how I'm going to say the thing.
1: Cause it's a child um, speaking or like it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, it's there for like character context and yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I liked, I liked that. Yay. Yay. For another female author. We don't get a ton of those other than like, you know, our muses. <laughs> we get other a lot than, of Agatha. Other than
0: Agatha, which we've done a lot of.
1: We get a lot of Agatha, but like a lot of the other women we've read, they don't have a ton of short stories that fit in our time frame. So I'm really glad I I found this lady. Yeah. Yeah. And what a fucking fascinating family she had.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and most of what she wrote is going to fit in our time frame.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because she wrote like a ton of short stories. So now welcome to the world. A reintroduction to the world from Elizabeth E. Richards, So who has a Pulitzer. So good job.
0: Yeah. Say that name again.
1: Laura E. Richards.
0: Yeah. What, what did, did I say? Um, I was eating a cookie, but it sounded like you said Elizabeth E. Richards.
1: Oh, I may have because I'm looking at her name right now. Laura E. Uh, Richards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or originally Laura Elizabeth Howe.
0: <laughs> ah, that's where the Elizabeth. Yeah,
1: Elizabeth out. is her middle name. Is her middle name. Which cool. is my sister's middle name. It's a good name. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so, the queen's name.
1: It is the queen's name. <laughs> She's still kicking too. <laughs>
0: yeah. She became well, she was born during her lifetime. Yeah. She didn't become queen until a little later, right?
1: Yeah. Coronation
0: was in the fifties.
1: I think coronation was in the fifties. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they definitely crossed over. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, so that was a, that was a fun one. What'd yeah. you think of that one, listener? Did you, did you enjoy that, that sit around the campfire with us?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. That was delightful.
0: (laughs) So I have a question for our listeners and then we'll get to our passcode and then we can write things up. But my, my question for our listeners, um, and obviously this will only apply to those who listen all the way to the end of our episodes is when do you listen to our episodes? Hmm. Is it something you listen to at home while you're doing chores and cooking or whatever? Do you cut out specific time just to focus on listening? Do you listen in the car? Do you listen while on mass transit? When do you listen to these episodes? I'm I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued we, as well.
0: When when we help you pass the time.
1: Yay. Uh,
0: so reach out and, let and us tell
1: know. us. And our passcode for this, which you can email us or send on any of our social medias, which are, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada. We have a website. You can find us. Just Google Campfire Classics.
0: (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, there we've got, it's, it's easy to find us. Um, But yeah, so we, uh, every episode we release a secret passcode. Um, Please send it to us as either the subject of an email or message that you send us or somewhere in the body. Uh and the passcode is I like thongs.
1: I like thongs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Facts. That's the one. Facts.
0: <laughs> Just like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like thongs and I cannot lie.
0: <laughs> oh, and the crossover continues. The
1: crossover begins.
0: <laughs> All, All right. right. Anything to say before we sign off?
1: No, I say uh thanks for joining me from a ship in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah in kens in new york so uh international yeah. podcasting
0: like, yeah it seems like the well technically not international puerto rico is still america
1: i mean technically i'm in the water so i guess i'm in somewhere in between oceana oh i'm in international <laughs> somethings <laughs>
0: um but uh regardless thank you for tuning in listeners uh this has been um it's been a fun one. This was a charming little story. Yeah. Let us know what you thought. Do reach out. And until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. That song's a
1: song's a song's a song, that song, that song.